Hey guys, welcome to the Honest Ugly Podcast, where we talk a whole lot about identity and intimacy. So much peace has risen up in me lately as I've settled in on believing exactly who God says I am. Of course, peace happens more naturally like that when our minds line up with the spirit of truth who lives inside of us. And because I've experienced this peace that really does seem to pass all understanding when the circumstances around me feel so very chaotic, I've been thinking that maybe that's what people need. Maybe people need or maybe anxious people need to practice believing in their God-given identity. There goes my phone beeping. Sorry, thought I'd turn that sucker off. But we need to practice believing in our God-given identity. Maybe, just maybe, Anxiety will melt away the more we embrace who God says that we are. Now, I do believe this is true, not only in my own life, but in the life of believers in general. But I think there's a step that comes before focusing on who God says we are. And I believe that step is focusing on who God says He is. Now, that may seem very elementary to a lot of you, especially if you grew up in the church or if you've been a believer for a good handful of years. But if you are a believer and you're still struggling with anxiety, then hear me out. First off, life is hard and anxiety is common, but we don't have to be controlled by anxiety. We can feel it rise up in us, but we can subdue it. So I am not here saying that as a believer, we won't struggle with anxiety. But what I am saying is that we have the power within us to take our thoughts captive and make them obey truth in such a way that we can exhale our anxiety and inhale his peace. Even if it's moment by moment by moment, he has proven to me that believing truth and surrendering that to him does indeed rise peace up inside of me. So today I want to talk about a false image of God that I've carried with me the majority of my life. And maybe it will resonate with you. If it does, I am so sorry. And if it doesn't, well, then you need to learn or not need because I'm not going to put needs on people. I hope that you can learn from the, the mistakes of the people that I had in my growing up years. And purpose, please purpose to not distort God's image to people, especially little people, as in little kids. (laughs) Oh, mercy. So first off, my first experience of realizing I had a false image of God was when I realized that I looked at God like he was a dictator who demanded perfection. Now, I would never have said that because my mind knew that is not how he is. But we can't go off what we say we believe. We have to take a look at our actions because our actions are a better indication of what our deepest beliefs are. And my actions, I mean, from early on, my actions most definitely proved that I believed that he was, that he was a dictator who demanded perfection. Guys, God is not harsh, but when I would mess up, I treated myself harshly because my deep-rooted belief was that I needed to be shamed, that I was a screw-up who couldn't meet the perfect standard I thought he desired. Now, where the heck did I get that distorted image from? Well, probably from the people I heard say, be holy because I am holy. They wouldn't say that about themselves, but when they would read the scripture, be holy because I am holy. 
But those people forgot to drill it into my head that he already took care of my holiness, that Jesus' blood made me holy. And all I had to do was follow his spirit and be obedient to his leading and that God would do the work of helping me live a holy life. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit to help us. But that was never mentioned. I, or if it was, I did not hear it. I did not let it sink deep into my being. I missed it for whatever reason. I only heard that it was my responsibility to be holy, that there was work to do. And if I didn't get it right, then there was a penalty. And that penalty was heaping amounts of guilt and shame put on me by others. And eventually I took up the role of shaming and guilting myself when I would do anything that I perceived as wrong. Now, somewhere along the way, maybe in a blue chair in Sunday school while eating animal crackers with my long blonde hair looking like it needed to be brushed, I heard that there were a bunch of rules to be followed. And then if I didn't follow them, there would be severe consequences because there are only blessings if you're obedient and there's curses, always, always curses with disobedience. Now, I am sure fear wedged its way deep into my heart while wishing someone would please let us have those frosted animal crackers just once. I really liked the pink ones. And for some reason, we never got frosted animal crackers. We just got those plain ones. You guys know what I'm talking about. Now, I didn't like the idea of getting any of the rules wrong. Not because I'm a rule follower. If you know me, that's not the case at all. But because, dang it, I wanted blessings. If God was dishing out blessings, I wanted them. What kind of fool would want curses? Even as a child, I knew I didn't want curses. So I tried. I tried really hard to get it all right. But I ran too fast in the halls at church. Not too fast, but I wasn't supposed to run at all. I played too much with the water fountain because the water would hit the wall, and it was funny. I mean, somebody should have fixed it if they didn't want kids playing with it. I was too sarcastic to the nursery workers. I called the mean boys buttholes. I know, sounds harsh. It was my favorite word growing up. I was too, well, not my favorite word, but it was my favorite cut down. I even got in trouble in second grade for calling this boy Josh a butthole. It, it would be funny if he actually listens to this and, and hears me say that. He will know exactly that I'm talking about him. But I ran too fast in the halls at church. I was too sarcastic to the nursery workers. I called the mean boys buttholes. I was too loud and too giggly and too immature. I couldn't get me right. I couldn't be what everyone else was telling me to be. I couldn't be the ladylike church girl who got chosen to pass out the animal crackers. I was never chosen not to pass out crackers, not to hold the mic and share what God whispered into my heart at camp, not to be one of the leaders. Nope. Those spots were reserved for all the people who looked the part on the outside. I just couldn't get it right and I couldn't figure out why. I couldn't figure out how to be me and still get chosen, how to be me and not feel so guilty. How to be me and not feel shamed for not getting the scripture reference right. Heck, I was writing or I was hiding. I was hiding God's word in my heart. But because my brain shuts down with numbers, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't getting blessed. 
I wasn't the good church girl. I couldn't memorize my full scripture. I wasn't getting chosen because man had expectations for me to meet and nobody told me that God had no expectations of me, that God chose me just as I am, that God loved me no matter what. Man, I wish I knew then what I know now. Can I just say as a parent, I decided when I was going to teach my kids scripture that I wasn't going to make them learn where it was found. Because if we're going to hide God's word in when if we are going to hide God's word in our heart so that we might not sin against God, I decided right then that the scripture reference of where it's found is not going to help me not sin. But hiding his word and let it becoming me, let it become me and help me navigate this life. If that would help me not sin, then that's what was important. And I just, I don't know, I was always made to feel like that was a dumb belief as a parent. But then when I read Corey Ten Boom's story to my kids, and she had God's word hidden in her heart when she was in that concentration camp, that solidified my belief that teaching my kids God's word so that they could hide it in their heart had nothing to do with where it was found. Now, I probably chose that path because of childhood trauma over not being able to get all my scripture references right. But still, one day, I'm just reminded of this. One day where my kids were little and we were on a walk around the neighborhood and one of my kids are riding their bike and they're pedaling up a hill and they look at me and say, with man, nothing is nothing is possible, but with God, all things are possible. And right then, God reminded me how important it is to teach our kids scripture. But it's not quite as important to memorize those scripture references. And I'm just saying that, hoping that someone with little kids is hearing this and and maybe just be encouraged to not be so harsh if they get the numbers wrong. It's okay. That is not what is important. It's... I'll just leave it there. That's not what is important. But anyway, I wish I knew then what I know now. I wish I knew that God's character is to bless and that he reigns on the just and the unjust and that he blesses because that's who he is. Not because of anything I do, not because of anything I don't do. Yes, of course, there's natural consequences we have to walk through with all of our choices in life. When I'm obedient to God, the natural consequences often feel more like a blessing than when I disobey God and suffer natural consequences of my own selfish choices. But God blesses because that's who He is, not because I am obedient. He doesn't take His hand of blessing off His children, ever. He doesn't remove His favor. Enough of that revisiting childhood trauma. Y'all, God is not legalistic. He isn't concerned about how your actions come out in sin. He is concerned about your heart. Because if He has our heart, He can handle our actions. He can lead us along the way. He can say, this is the way, walk in it. And we'll want to because He has our heart. And when we get out of that path, He can gently lead us back because there's grace. He desires relationship and intimacy. And the best way to cultivate that is by getting really honest with all the ugly emotions and beliefs and traumas and pains and everything that triggers us. Let's start using all of these painful memories to help us become more aware of what we are believing about God. And yes, what we're believing about ourselves. But let's first start with what are we believing about God. 
Your images of God are most likely linked to the people in your life from your formative years. Maybe that's parents, maybe it's preachers, maybe it's Sunday school teachers or playground bullies or close family friends who you still cringe over their name because you still remember how they violated you. People represent God badly. And we have a choice whether we keep blaming other people for leading us into a distorted view of God or if we were, if we will stand up and choose to do the hard work of being aware of all our inner thoughts and emotions and triggers, all the junk that comes up, can we take full responsibility of our lives from here on out and do the hard work of taking a look at how we really view God and see if it's a true view or a distorted view. Now, a lot of you are going to say, I don't know what you're going to say, but you might think that your image of God is right because you can say all the right things. You can recite the scriptures. You know what God's word says. You know that he's faithful. You know that he's true. You know that he has all of these promises over you. But if you're if you're still worrying about your kiddos, but you say God sees them through to completion, but you're eat up with worry, do you really believe that God sees them through, through to completion? Because if you did, would you be so worried? If you, if you sit in fear, if you have anxiety, if you're just constantly having to try to trust God and it's this really hard thing, then you might can say all the things that God is and all the things that God does and all of his promises, but take a look at your life and see if you really truly believe them. And if you're living from that place of true belief, or if you're living from a distorted view of God. So I'm going to leave you with this challenge today. Practice being really aware of all your actions, your responses to people and situations, and the words that come out of your mouth. And take some time to reflect at the end of each day and invite God into the moments of reflection. And ask Him. Ask Him to show you areas where you might have a false image of Him. He may show you a different distortion of Himself than the one I've talked about today. But if you're always feeling guilty and shaming yourself... If you're always trying to earn approval and please people and do the right things and say the right words so others will think highly of you, you might just have a similar view of God. You might think he demands perfection. You might think you're only chosen if you're a certain way. You might think you're only blessed if you do good things. And none of those things are true. That's all I have for you today. Thanks for taking the time to listen. I know I rambled on about my distorted view of God, but I hope that my story meets you right where you are. And I hope it gives you hope that you can change that false belief and make it a true one in your life. And that your life really can be different when your belief system lines up with a spirit of truth dwelling in you. So if anything resonated with you today, I would love to hear from you. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can meet me on the socials where you might follow me. DM me. I would love to hear if you have any distorted view of God that you might want to share with me. I am excited about what's to come here on the podcast. I hope you'll stick around as we keep talking about who God is and who we are. I'll be back, but until then, join our free Facebook community. You can grab that link in the episode notes and head on over to jenniferkindle.com. You can subscribe to my coaching newsletter where you'll get coaching tips and insights once a week straight to your email. That hasn't started yet, but it's starting soon, so go ahead and subscribe, and you'll be the first to know when the course I'm putting together 
together is ready. You guys, go be reflective, go be aware, and let's dig really deep trying to decipher if our images of God are true to who God is. Talk to you guys later.